welcome to the Infernal Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. And today, we're talking about drugs. The good kind. <laughs> the good kind. I mean, yeah. I mean, Not the like good kind the dare for... Kind. The dare kind. <laughs> Do you know that song? Dare to keep kids off drugs? Yeah, like D, I won't do drugs. <laughs> A won't have an attitude. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Mm. R, I will respect myself. E, I will educate me. Now, we, does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> of course. Don't you think every kid that's a product of the 90s knows about Dare? Well, I didn't know if everyone sang the song. Oh, uh, you know, I didn't sing the song, but it when you started singing it there's you know it sounded familiar <laughs> i don't think dare kept kids off of drugs i don't think so either One i think it's more of a uh, parent thing <sighs> yeah <laughs> do you remember what it stands for drug resistance awareness education right oh i don't know wait that doesn't spell dare <laughs> well it's probably don't Drug awareness resistance education. Yeah. That's what it was. Which, Do they which still have DARE? No, I don't think so. I think They're it was like, a this federal is not program. working. <laughs> so, cut, <Yeah. laughs> cut it. Let's get that talking dog back in there. Oh, McGruff. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Do you think McGruff and Smokey Bear are like buddies? <laughs> you said his name right. I so did. Proud of you, yeah. Oh, because he's most not. people say Smokey the Bear, but his oh. name's Smokey Bear. Yeah, first name Smokey, last name Bear. Yeah, he's there to tell you not to start forest fires. Only you can, can prevent forest forest fires. Yeah, so don't throw your cigarettes on the ground, and make sure your campfire <laughs> is all the way out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? The cop who taught our dare class was a smoker <laughs> you're such a oh, hypocrite <laughs> they should find someone else to teach this stupid class yeah was he very much like a do as i say not as i do kiddos <laughs> takes another drag <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway probably. i don't know anyway yeah, so, so we're talking about fertility drugs today not opiates and like <laughs> hallucinogens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Those kinds of good drugs. Specifically, we're talking about IVF stim drugs. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, Sarah, tell us about um, the exciting news about our giveaway. We're doing a giveaway. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, we're doing a giveaway. So to win, you have to do a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And um, people are like, what What do I do if I have an Android or non-Apple product? Uh, you have to tag someone on our Instagram post about it. So um, our Instagram is at Infertile Mafia Podcast. And you'll see a post there that says like fall giveaway or something we just posted it a few days ago so you tag someone and this giveaway is a t-shirt and other comfy fall things that may or may not do with like infertility (laughs) yeah in fact most of them don't so we pulled you guys and we're like hey what would be some fun giveaway items and you guys gave us really good ideas so, like someone said that that book called Girl Wash Your Face. Uh-huh. I, I haven't read it. Have you? No. Ain't got time to read. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. But, but people it, love it. Yeah. Maybe I should make time. <laughs> I'm not even sure what it's about, but <laughs> yeah. But more than one person suggested it. Yeah, I oh. think it's about like self help. Okay. Maybe. Believe in okay. yourself and wash your face. I don't know. Believe in yourself and, and wash your face. That's not yeah. bad advice. 
But yeah, you guys, I mean, you came up with some great stuff. Bath stuff, mm-hmm. chocolate, tea, all kinds of like, just think comfort, just think comfy items for fall. Epsom yeah. salt might be nice. I love Epsom salt. I got a bag of it and I was only putting a little bit in at a time and then I read the instructions. They're like, put the whole bag in. <laughs> like, this is like a pound of salt. Yeah, I would say you need at least, like, it depends on how much water you use in your bath too, but you need at least like a full cup to for it to really do much. I, I used to get these, not so much anymore, but huge bags of Epsom salt and mix them with my essential oils to make like, you know, good smelling bath salts with it's and it's a, it makes a great Christmas gift. Ooh, but it's it in a not mason the jar. same. It's not the same kind of bath salts uh, that'll no. make you eat someone's <laughs> face. No, 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 no. These are perfectly safe. They won't make you eat anyone's face off. <laughs> yeah, it is confusing though. <laughs> Why do they call those bath salts? I don't know. Do they, they look like they bath probably salts? look like bath salts? Crystally. Do you smoke them? I don't know. I don't know either. We don't don't know a lot about illegal drugs. We only know a lot about fertility drugs, guys. Yeah, which, (laughs) speaking of fertility drugs, we talked about Cetro Relics and Cetratide in our last episode. Was it our last episode that we talked about that? Uh, We made a correction in our last episode from our previous episode, and now we have another correction to make on top of our, our, our correction that we already made. Okay, so people said cetratide is an injection. And people in the US. Yeah, cetrorelics is the generic of cetratide? Yeah, or the other way around. I don't know. (laughs) And it's an injection, and people in the US use it, which we said people in the US don't use it. So, well, we just said we've never heard of anyone using it. So, and we thought that it was one of those drugs that you sniffed, but it's not. It's not. It's an injection. Right. Yeah. The the sniff drugs is called the generic is like what, nafarelin and the and the pharmaceutical brand is Cinerel. It's all this S sounds that I get them all confused. Cetratide, Cetrorelic, Cinerel. Yeah. Anyway. So, so we That's clear the, that up. Yeah. And then this is us. The TV show. The TV show. Yeah, let's talk about a TV show neither one of us has seen. <laughs> I did you watch that little clip? Yes, I did. I watched the I clip. Did. I didn't watch the whole episode. I don't have I didn't Hulu. Either. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole episode. Um but I feel like if you are pl- in any way, shape, or form plugged into the social media of the infertility community, you know about this show. So I don't think we're spoiling anything by talking about it because it was everywhere. Like everyone was posting about it. Melissa Groves of uh, what's Avocado her business Grove name? Nutrition. Yes. She was live reviewing it, uh, like live tweeting it to just us. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's like, Kayla, Sarah, look what's happening on This Is Us. We were getting live updates we're, about the show. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're not watching it. <laughs> but, but I appreciated her enthusiasm. Yeah. That'd People who were watching it were like into it. Absolutely. You guys feel free as you're watching the show to send us DMs on our Instagram account like Melissa was. <laughs> Just let us know what you think. And we'll keep talking about the show that we haven't seen. Even if we don't respond back as you're giving us updates. Yeah, we will. We'll read them and we'll be Just entertained. Keep sending the updates and then we'll mm-hmm. respond back when we see it. <laughs> yeah. But, but OK, so what was it? Kate, the daughter of the big three is I think is that what they're you haven't watched the show have I haven't you? watched a single show <laughs> okay so I I started watching it but it's too much for me it's too emotional I can't take it people like crying at shows I do not I'm not a big fan of it either so that's why I stopped watching it and then I just read the 
reviews afterwards or the synopsis apps afterwards but uh kate and toby they miscarried toby's her husband and then it sounds like they went to an ivf doctor and the doctor said she needed to lose weight to do ivf and then she had to go to a birthday party for her oh but they diagnosed her with pcos right oh i don't know i think they did yeah oh i mean they kind of a, it's kind of a given, you know. <laughs> According to doctors who just <laughs> look at you. Over a certain weight, you must have PCOS. Yeah. Guys, we're we're being we're <clears throat> not being serious. If you can't catch our sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people will get diagnosed with PCOS based on looks and not necessarily the criteria. Right. That Which is, we've talked about yeah. at length and just did for our PCOS awareness episode, episode 40. Anyway, so anyway. I don't know if they use the criteria or not, but she was diagnosed with PCOS and they said, you need to lose weight to do IVF. And like they would not do IVF unless she lost weight. And I think she had lost like 40 or 60 pounds. So she's like, what the crap? <laughs> and then she had to go to a, her birthday party right after. And uh, so they brought the cake out and set it down she had a breakdown and told everyone about it and everyone's like stunned and the skinny girl who brought the cake out was like uh and this is a carrot cake (laughs) (laughs) i know (laughs) after that like that's all she said (laughs) so thanks for that (laughs) she was kate was basically saying like when is it going to be my turn yeah I think a lot of people said she was saying all the things that everybody feels when they're going through infertility. And and I think people were encouraged by the fact that this is on a mainstream TV show that the feelings of infertility were very accurately displayed. Yeah. Except I did read some of the comments on the the original post, not the one that you like linked in the Facebook group. And they were. Some of them were like not very kind. <laughs> so don't read know. the comments. Don't read the comments unless you want to get angry. You know, it was like she's so annoying. Why would she do that at a birthday party? I'd feel so bad if I threw that party for her. Blah 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 blah, and not really being sympathetic to her situation. I guess it sounds like her character though is very. Um, She's got a lot going on and is down on herself a lot. (laughs) Is that a nice way of saying? Yeah, because that's the criticism is like she whines all the time. I don't know. I haven't watched. Yeah, right. But um, I mean, that is encouraging that people felt like, okay, this is an accurate depiction of infertility in Hollywood. So way to go, NBC. Yeah. We like it. Yeah, that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll keep you guys keep watching and keep telling us what happens, and we'll keep talking Tell us about what you it. Think. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, our last thing we want to talk about before we get into drugs is an upcoming art exhibit that we, Sarah, are being featured, which is exciting. By we, we mean you're going to be there. I'm going to be there, but. Um, we but the are podcast being is being <laughs> featured. Exactly. So this is a an a exhibition. I don't know what to call it, an art show. I think that would be the right word. Um, that's being yeah. sponsored or put on by this nonprofit company called the Art of Infertility. And real quick, I'm going to just read a snippet from their mission statement. It says the art of infertility's mission is to break the silence around experiences of infertility, offering art and storytelling as therapeutic. Uh, <laughs> what's that word, Sarah? Oh, I don't know. What? Heuristics? Oh, oh I don't know. Uh, heuristics. It looks like heuristics. To I don't capture, know what it means. I don't either. I mean, I think of stupid. Oh, man, I should have proofread this before I started reading. (laughs) (laughs) To capture and express Uh, the realities, pains, and joys of infertility. 
You know what the <laughs> the definition is? What's that? A heuristic process. Uh. Okay, <laughs> it's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. <laughs> no. But basically, like it's art about infertility, and it helps people deal with infertility. Yeah, it's an it's a different way, a different outlet for coping and managing the pain and you know the experience of infertility. And so what they have done in the past is they've been in different cities all over the country and they will host these art shows and they feature local artists from wherever they are. And so they're going to be here in the Chicagoland area. And this one is called challenging conception and they're hosting this, this, um, art show for the entire month of October. So you can go see these featured artists anytime in the month of October. It's at the, it's called the open studio project and it's in Evanston, which is a suburb just North of the city. And then on Saturday, October 13th, they are doing a, a reception kind of party thing where they're hosting all of the artists and it's, it's, free event and they are in, it's open to the public so um, and they're having a live panel discussion as well as showing the TV show how to buy a baby they're airing it at the at this exhibit so I'm gonna be there um, Christine from infertility Illustrated is gonna be there on the panel with me along with some other artists so if you're in the Chicagoland area on October 13th come say hi to us come check it out. Um, we did put a post in the Instagram on our Instagram page with all the information so you can go check it out there as well. I had an idea. What's up? You should go live in the Facebook group at Art of Infertility. Oh, there you go. There's a good idea. Uh, I'll, t- I'll look into that. We might be able to do that. That could be cool. But it would just be like my face. <laughs> Like, hey, no, you can talk with Christine. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like, for the live panel, I don't know if we'd be able to. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll let you guys know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about drugs. All right. Uh, So (laughs) we're going to talk about IVF injectable drugs. Um, Most of these are used just for IVF, right? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. For the the majority of them are there are a few uses for these that are not IVF related, but most of the time these are just used for IVF. Um, and you really have like you basically have like three types of stem. They they all kind of work together to do the work of stimulating the ovaries, right? So first you have the well, first you have the ones that suppress, which we talked about on like a few episodes ago, like your Lupron and your birth control. That's the first step, really. But now we're talking about that second step, the gonadotropins. I was going to say, I'm going to have you <laughs> say this one. I probably said it wrong. <laughs> so that's your FSH, your follicle stimulating hormones and your luteinizing hormones, your LH. They stimulate the pituitary gland to develop multiple follicles and eggs. Okay, so that's your gonal F, folistem brevel. Those are all like 100% FSH. Yeah, just and FSH. That's just FSH. And then you have the ones that are combined FSH and LH, like Menopure and Repronex. And I'm just listing a few. There's a bunch out there, but those that are, you know, they're all like branded different by different pharmaceutical companies, but. Seems like Menapir is the main one used for that, for the FSH and LH. Yeah, I think that's right. At least to our knowledge, but. So you have those ones that stimulate and then at a certain point you have to work in Cetratide or Cetrorelics. Ganarelix, Lupron sometimes, and those are to suppress your ovaries from ovulating until they're ready. Um, so they keep you. Fr- Do they, they use Lupron as mm-hmm. sometimes the same thing as Ganarelix? Yes, in some protocols hmm. they do to keep it from to keep your to keep you from having the luteinizing hormones surge. 
Right. And then eventually when they are ready, that's when you get the trigger shots involved. Avadrel, Novarel, Pregnel, all of those. And that's the human chorionic gonadotropin. They cause the final maturation. Which ones maturation. have you done? I've used, I think I just, I did Avadrel and I know I did Avadrel. I don't remember the other one. I did. I did Pregnol and I think Novarel. Mm. It's just, it's been too long. <laughs> well, and they sometimes they trigger with Lupron. Yeah. Lupron is a versatile <laughs> fertility drug. It says everything. <laughs> it does. So, and then of course, like eventually you get to progesterone, but it's not a stimulation drug, but that's hap- that's the other injection that comes in towards the end of you yeah, know, the cycle. If you are injecting it. If you're injecting it, right. But yeah. For today, we're just going to focus on those FSH and LH drugs. So, Sarah, talk to me about the difference between Falastim and Menopure. Well, okay. <laughs> so, Falastim is just FSH and it's synthetic and it will not overcook your eggs. Like, it does a different <laughs> thing than the LH. So Menopure is FSH and LH and is derived from the urine of postmenopausal women. (laughs) Is it always derived from urine? Yes. It's not. Okay, so Yeah. Did you did you have a story? I do. We'll get we'll get there. I have a story about um, the origins of Menopure that I think is pretty good. I I think I know it. Like I you talked about do. it in one of my videos once. Oh yeah. Does it have to do with nuns? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots that. of uh, nuns. <laughs> so the LH in menopure is what matures the eggs. The FSH grows them. Yes, and you've talked to sense. before about women who have PCOS that they should be careful using Menopure in the beginning, especially of an yes. IVF stem protocol, or maybe at least run this by your doctor. What What is it about women with PCOS that are maybe should just be careful with Menopure? So we already have, I mean, some of us already have the androgens, is that the right word? We androgens. Have androgens. We have that hormone going on, like the testosterone, which matures our eggs too much on it, like and can like overcook them. So when you add LH, that will cause your eggs to be too mature. So when they come out, they are too mature and will like it won't go well. So they're overcooked. Uh, they're like hard boiled. Hard, like hard, hard boiled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, like for my second round of IVF, I did Folistim for seven days, and then I did Menopure for seven days. I think, or was it twelve? I don't know. But I did Menopure in the second half of the cycle. Okay. To keep growing the eggs and then mature them, but not maturing them at the beginning. Gotcha. I think so, it's pretty common yeah. to start with just FSH and then add in the LH. I think that's like, I don't know. I've My seen first it. round, the doctor had me doing Menopure and Folistim at the same time the whole time. Okay. And same dose the whole time. Oh, okay. And you didn't get any embryos? No. Sad. Well, I mean, we didn't get any blastocysts and we did not right. get pregnant. I'm sorry. Right. But yeah. And then, yeah. So some doctors believe that the LH can be damaging to egg quality depending on when it is given to you during the cycle. So would it, do you think, um, let me ask you this. So, Because I read that women with PCOS sometimes tend to ha- already have like higher levels of LH in their, you know, in their system. Mm-hmm. So do you think it correlates like women that have high testosterone like also have high LH like if you already know that about yourself maybe you ask your doctor hey does my LH seem high what do you think about this menopure 
Like, do you think they go hand in hand or not necessarily? Like testosterone and LH. Um, I am not sure. I am I haven't, not a doctor. <laughs> I haven't read about LH in a long time and what it means for your tests. Uh huh. But it, okay, and the amount before like you do your cycle and how it affects egg quality and like the number of eggs you have because there is something the numbers all correspond together and I yeah and we don't of course don't want, like we're not trying to scare anyone of LH it's absolutely a critical component of <laughs> stimulating the ovaries for eggs so you need it it's just more of like just be just when be you need aware it. yeah that some doctors believe it can be damaging to egg quality depending on when it's administered. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. because it, it matures your eggs and your eggs might not need to be matured as much as other people's <laughs> eggs. There you go. So I just wanted to make a, or I wanted to talk about a counter argument that I don't agree with. <laughs> Um, which, is? which is just my personal opinion. This I read this article. I don't like articles like this, and I'm happy to call them out when I see them because I feel like it's scare tactics for women, um, like trying to talk them out of IVF. And it was a whole article somewhat recently, like within the past five years, right? Are you looking at it right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from... 2014 okay so yeah and it's basically like kind of scaring women away from IVF because they're listing off all all the dangers of stem drugs so here's what I would say again like I always say do your own research and get comfortable with what you because it's not like they come with zero risk we should like it's not like there's absolutely no risk at all but they're trying to frame it like like it's not worth it's like it's super life threatening or something was like the sense I got from the article. So I'm quoting one of the things that they, they said four in 1000 women who do IVF develop DVT, deep vein deep thrombosis. Vein. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like. Four in a thousand is 0.4%. <laughs> and like the risk of, of a life-threatening pregnancy complication in any woman, whether they've done IVF or not, is way higher. <laughs> and it's still not that high. Like 8% of pregnancies are life-threatening to mom or baby. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have something to say about this. Go ahead. Do you go on? No, I mean, no, I was just gonna say like, it's such a weak article. It's like, who is your editor? Like that thought that this was like a convincing. Maybe the way it's worded, but point four percent a is not is not what I would consider like a high risk. Number one and number two the risk of having some kind of life threatening complication during pregnancy is like way higher than that and plenty of women do that and are perfectly fine and everything is fine so it's just a weak argument is what I'm saying and I don't think that the risks outweigh the reward <laughs> but, but okay I'm thinking maybe this isn't necessarily caused by doing IVF well their main argument is that the stim drugs that we use severely elevates your estrogen and which is true they do for a temporary time and it's the same reason why people say that women who take birth control for a long time are also at the same higher risk of blood clots and heart attack and stroke because it raises your estrogen which is supposed to coagulate your blood and make you at higher risk of those things yeah okay i was gonna say they have you take birth control before doing ivf yeah. Yeah. So this could be caused by the birth control she had to take. Well, it's just it's 
everything that they're saying is a, that it increases the risk for is because it raises estrogen, which thickens your blood. So anything that yeah. raises estrogen and thickens your blood, including birth control, can be put into this category. But a lot of doctors have you go on baby aspirin. Exactly. To counteract that. Yeah. So yeah. and she said she got it because she was sitting in the car a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just a weak article that I just wanted to poke holes in and say, no, you got to do better than that to convince me or the mafia. Right, guys? I'm just saying yeah, I don't like, like it because I just feel like it scares people unnecessarily who are doing IVF into thinking like, oh, if I take Folistim, I'm going to have a heart attack when it's like, no, your risk of that happening is extremely low. Sarah's not. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. And you could I mean, you could have the same thing happen from taking birth control. <laughs> oh, no. It's true, though. I know. Especially I know. if you smoke. It's on the warning label. Don't get mad yeah. at us. Get mad at it. Do you remember what, um, well, you said you, you just took Folistim and Menopure. Did you take anything else ever? Ganarelix. Well, I mean, like, I mean, FSH and LH. Oh, no. Yeah. Just Folistim and Menopure. Those like, were. You mean other brands or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Just follow Sim and Menopure. I would say of all the injectable drugs that I have used, follow Sim, by far the easiest one, right? Yeah. I'd yeah. say so, yes. Like, it has, it's like the least painful injection, I think. The needle seems thinner than the rest of them. I don't know. It Maybe is pretty small. Yeah. It comes in this preloaded little, it comes in this cute little package, little carrying case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does come in the carrying case. It's green. It's green and it, and it does, it's, they call it a pen and it looks like a pen. Like you could have it in your purse and no one would really know. Although you shouldn't because it needs to be refrigerated. <laughs> True. Uh, and it's super foolproof, you know, you just crank up the dial to whatever your dosage is. That's it. Falston was a good one, I thought. Mm -hmm. Menopure, Menopure on the other hand, is super high maintenance. Because <laughs> you have to mix it with the... What do you have to mix it with? Sodium uh, chloride. Sodium chloride. You know why I remember... <laughs> that sticks in my head because when I first used Menopure, for some reason... <laughs> I got freaked out that it was like the you know the the drug they use for lethal injection. Uh, I do not know the drug, but I mean I know that they do an injection. It's potassium chloride. Oh, very different than sodium chloride. But I was like, wait, is that the same thing they use for lethal injection? It's just a smaller amount. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're extremely different compounds. I need to go back to chemistry class sometimes. But you have to mix the menopure is like in a powder form and mm -hmm. you have to mix it with the sodium chloride and then inject it and yeah, it's just take it's just a little more high maintenance and it does tend to sting more. Yeah. I think meta burn. Mm-hmm. Feel the and burn. And then Ganarelix burns too. Like it's like getting a like a bee sting or wasp sting or something. Yeah, but I mean, it's not that bad. None of them are that bad. If you ice it afterwards, it's much better. Both of them subcutaneous, so I did all mine in the belly. Mm -hmm. I did mine in the arm some of the oh, time. Oh, that's right. You said that. I've heard people do them in the legs. You have to talk to your doctors. They'll tell you no or yes, even yeah. though I don't think it really matters. <laughs> As long as you get a nice, like, fatty chunk of tissue, you're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, do you want to so hear drunk my... drunk fertility. Yeah, my drunk fertility story. Um, this is, this is the, like I said, the origins of Menopure. We have the Pope to thank for it. 
which can we all sense the irony here? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to hate on the Catholic Church, not in this episode. Thanks, but, Pope. Thanks, Pope. But it, I mean, it is extremely ironic considering the Catholic Church does not support reproductive technology. So here's how it happened. A prince, a doctor, and a scientist walk into a room. <laughs> it's bad joke. <laughs> okay, so this guy, he's an Italian scientist. His name is Piero Donino. No, I can do better than that. Piero Donino. I don't think you roll the R. Anyway, okay. This is the, it's the 1940s. And he's working for um, a laboratory called Serono, which eventually is going to become the third largest pharmaceutical company in Europe. It's now been purchased by, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but a big one, like everybody would would know the name most likely. It's whoever, yes, it's, that's, it's whoever does Menapure now. I think that's right. I think that's right. Anyway, so... He's the guy, one of the guys that discovered that postmenopausal women have the highest concentration of FSH and LH in their urine. And which we've talked about, that happens because they're not creating eggs anymore. So their body goes into overdrive trying to get them to, even though their ovaries are like, nope, we're done. So anyway, he figures this out and he calls it per, uh, pergonal. Which is the Italian word for gonads. So he <laughs> came up with that name. And that drug was the precursor to what we now know today as Menapure. So he came up with this drug, but he didn't have a way to like market, produce it, or you know, administer it on a large scale, because you need lots of postmenopausal women. <laughs> you need their pee. So meanwhile, a few countries away, this guy named Bruno. Lunenfeld, probably saying that wrong. Anyway, he's figuring out the same thing. He's an Austrian-born endocrine doctor um, that, and his family had survived the Holocaust. Remember, this is like the 1940s. It's fresh. It's real fresh. So he had a vested interest in not only helping like cure infertility, but to also help the Jewish people repopulate since they had almost been completely annihilated. So and he, he's Jewish himself, his family, like his dad survived a concentration camp. Really interesting guy. So anyway, Bruno and Piero, the scientist get to, and doctor get together and they come up with the idea to present their idea to the pharmaceutical company that the Italian guy was working for. So they go present this idea and they're like, hey, I think we know a drug that can help infertility. But here's the thing. We need lots of old lady pee. <laughs> and all the guys were like, uh, that's a nice idea. Get on out of here. And just like laughed them out of town. And we're like, we're not doing that. That sounds crazy. But as fate would have it, <laughs> one of the board members, his name is Prince Juni Pacelli. This guy just so happened to be the nephew of the guy who was the Pope at the time. And he was like, oh, this is interesting. This could be good. I love P. <laughs> Everybody has their thing. So <laughs> the prince guy must have like had a backroom conversation with the Pope. And 10 days later, he presents the same idea to the same guys. But this time he closes his argument and says, oh, by the way, I have the endorsement of the Pope to use all the pre or the <laughs> to use all the menopausal nuns to research for this, quote, holy cause. Because, you know, the Pope <laughs> is all about procreating. Oh, yeah. Repopulating yeah. the world. So now that they had the backing and the endorsement of the Catholic Church and all of a sudden now had an enormous supply of menopausal women at their disposal, 
They used roughly 600 nuns across Italy and just started collecting their pee. So it would take like 10 nuns about 10 days to create enough urine for one treatment. To like to what? turn it into one treatment. So this Crazy. went on for a very long time. And so there were just like these dump trucks driving around Italy with n- old lady nun pee just shuffling it from the monastery. Wait, wait. Where do nuns live? The wait. Monks live in monasteries. Uh. Nuns live in I don't know. <laughs> Wherever the nuns live. <laughs> they were driving they had to collect their pee, probably dump it in these huge containers, and then these dump trucks were just driving them to these labs in Rome where they were extracting the FSH and LH and turning it into these treatments. So then. Nuns live in convents. Convents, yes. Thank you. I just listened to a podcast about um, the Sister Act. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Joyful, joyful, Lord, we adore. Do you like Sister Act or Sister Act Two better? Ooh, I don't even remember. I haven't Sister watched it Act since the nineties. Two, back in the habit. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Act Two is the best. Okay, so anyway, they figured this out, and then a few years later, Lunenfeld, he's the do- he's the Jewish doctor. He takes this technology back to Israel where he's currently practicing medicine and he uses it in this is 1962 now he uses it on a woman in Israel and she gives birth to the first child conceived with this type of reproductive technology so they were using it on women with maybe possibly PCOS because it was women who weren't getting periods and so they were deemed infertile so they gave them this drug that made them ovulate so cool yeah <laughs> i think i it's didn't cool. know all that yeah 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 so the last little tidbit that i found very interesting so this te- technology obviously exploded like because and i think the pope saw the writing on the wall and was like yeah we're gonna get in on this this the technology of this um, fertility drug ended up earning this pharmaceutical company their first billion dollars. And guess who owns 25% of that pharmaceutical company? The Catholic Church. The Vatican. Vatican, oof. Do they still own 25%? I'm not sure. I didn't. But yeah, follow the money. (laughs) Dang. I mean, listen, fertility treatments are okay if it earns us a quarter of a billion dollars. Ooh, right? Man, yeah. <laughs> Little inconvenient truth there. There's a conflict <laughs> of interest there. I think so. <laughs> I was like a tiny line in this article I was reading. Like, and the Vatican owns 25. I was like. Oh, huh. Okay. Now it all makes sense that they would endorse fertility research on mm. fertility drugs. Man. Anyway. I, I just wonder if they still own some pharmaceutical companies or not. I don't know. Interesting, though, right? Know. Yeah. So, technically, I mean, yeah, we know the first IVF baby was 1979, but this might be the first, like, Art baby using a drug, nineteen sixty two. Yeah, and it's thanks to the Pope. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, the irony is so delicious. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, oh crap, money or morals? Money or uh, morals? Money. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna go, with, go money with money on this one and pretend like it's not happening. Let's somebody bury this line. <laughs> Hey, yeah. you keep you keep repeat, reproducing. <laughs> Isn't that a goal? But you know what? I think I think the Catholic Church can still say that they did it with, with some amount of integrity because when you think about it at the time, all it was was an injection that helped you ovulate. So you were still like the conception process was still 
you know. You could still bang. You could still bang. But. Yeah. They kept going with the technology, which helped IVF. So that's where. So you're right. If they still own They're like, stock no, no, Merck, no. Too far. Too far. Yeah. What'd you say? So if they still own, if they still ha- get some kind of kickback from like Menapure sales, that's when we really have a conflict of interest. True. But, yeah. Yeah. But thankfully. Funny enough, my parents own some Merck stock. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I guess by me doing IVF. Uh-huh. You are putting money in mommy and daddy's pocket. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Sarah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully, Great. also, we don't have to collect nuns pee anymore. I don't know how they, I don't, I actually don't know how they get it on a wide scale anymore, but they started the same pharmaceutical company as the one who also came up with synthetic form of like what's now Follistem. They could create it in the lab so they didn't have to extract it from pee. But Metapir is still not synthetic. Right. So... I need to do some further research about how I just know I'm pretty sure the Catholic Church isn't forcing nuns to collect their pee anymore. I'm pretty sure that's not happening. It's voluntary now. <laughs> it's voluntary. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if someone like paid you to just pee in a cup? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pete, remember when people were like drinking pregnant lady pee? Yes. A couple of years ago. Uh huh. Crazy. I could help someone out for a couple more weeks. <laughs> Yeah. I know most people and going through infertility are used to the other way around. They pee and then they pay someone. <laughs> yeah. And did you know that some bodybuilders will buy breast milk? Yes. I think we've talked about that. Yeah, we have. You could sell both yeah. your pee and your breast milk right now. You are a hot commodity. I don't have breast milk right now, but afterwards. Well, yeah, pretty soon. And they'll Pretty get soon. the extra benefit of Zoloft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of Zoloft, my out-of-the-box question for you is about the hair salon. What does that have to do with Zoloft? <laughs> because I was going to ask you if you find trips to the hair salon relaxing. Uh, I find them, in, yeah, I guess, enjoyable, because we yeah. talk. <laughs> you like to talk to your hair person? Of course. I'm on the fence. <laughs> oh, we talk. I it, When I lived in Kansas City, I went to um, one of my best friends from elementary school. She, she has a salon up there. I feel and, like, well, that yeah. would be fun. Yeah, and we would, you know, talk. Yeah. Especially if someone will talk, like, shit about people with me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if it's your friend, that's one thing. I feel, I love the girl who cuts my hair. And, yeah, okay, so I I brought this up because I find the hair salon, like, I go in between it feeling relaxing and feeling uh, depressing (laughs) because... The girl who cuts my hair is like, she's so cute. And I feel like all the all the hairstylists in the salon are just they're like so trendy and like they always look so cute and their makeup's perfect and their hair's perfect. And I always feel like shit. (laughs) I'm like, I (laughs) look like crap, (laughs) you know, but they're like always up on the latest trends about everything. And I'm always like, I am doing good if I get a shower today. Much less <laughs> fix my hair. <laughs> oh, so. my, my salon's a little bit more low-key than that. <laughs> I haven't been to the hair salon since December of last year, though. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Wow. I cut my hair with uh, Peter's clippers last time. It lo- your hair always <laughs> looks great. A couple weeks ago. But it is getting, now that you mentioned it, it's getting very long. <laughs> Yeah, I got cut really short last time. It's just, that's too much of a hassle to make an appointment and then <laughs> get over there. How there's no f- way 
dyeing my hair is going to work now. What do you mean? Why? I'm, uh, I can't get, like, I could if I really wanted to, but it's just too much maintenance. <laughs> but do you have gray hair? I have so much gray no. hair. Oh, well then see, it's not a necessity for you. It's a necessity no. for me. <laughs> I like gray hair though. Ugh. I'd be like, yes, look at this. Look at this gray hair. I mean, eventually, someday, I'm just going to own it. But today is not that day. <laughs> Do you like the, the like, when they give you the massage, when they shampoo your hair? Yeah. That's the best part. Yeah. Uh, my friend in Kansas City would also do a hand massage. Nice. While the conditioner was sitting on my hair. Oh, see? And, That's great. Yeah. When I went to her, I was going every month, and I had platinum blonde hair. I remember your platinum blonde hair. And that just burned <laughs> me out. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you have a high-maintenance haircut like that, it can... Yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's true. I bet there's someone out there that, like, does not like the massage. Like, it's a little too personal <laughs> space. I don't like pedicures that much now that I've had one recently yeah my feet were itchy afterwards (laughs) uh that's not supposed to happen I was like oh no you need to go to a different place next time (laughs) when you come visit I'll take you to a good salon take me to a real one I'll take you to a real one where and they there's a guy who walks around and serves you drinks while you're (gasps) getting your nails done what yeah Listen, every and establishment in this city, the hair salon, I had two glasses of wine while I was getting my hair done. Like That's awesome. I feel like they don't they will not last unless they serve alcohol in this city. It's crazy. Like everybody serves drinks. <laughs> my friend, you know my tall friend I've told you about? Yes, your t- your best friend from she, high school. Yeah. She used to be a hairstylist. Okay. And so I went to her a couple times. <laughs> And she would drink while. <laughs> oh no 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 doing no! Hair. That's not a good idea. That's a yeah. terrible idea. She was fun. She's so fun though. <laughs> I mean, I had an asymmetrical haircut when I was done, but boy, I did was it fun. <laughs> I did. I'd get home and I'd have to fix it. So, are you still That's friends? Why I've started. Yeah, friends. <laughs> she moved to a different state, and she's a nanny now. So. Okay, and she's still tall. She's very tall. <laughs> very tall. With anyway. tiny feet. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which is so funny. <laughs> yeah, I just she's wanted a, to ask you what your yeah. hair salon experience was like. Because I just got, I, I was on my mind because I just went the other day and I was like, do I, I like never get this to or see not? your hair. You what? You always have it. I never get to see your hair. You always have it pulled back. Remember my earlier comment about barely taking a shower most days? <laughs> That's why. No, no, I get it. I get it. But but guys, when you come meet me on October 13th in Evanston at that art show, my hair will be done. It will be Ooh. like looking hot and sexy. Did you get it dyed this last time? Every time. I have to. I oh. have tons of gray. I, I would to... not have known. <laughs> That's because I get it dyed regularly. So the so my hairstylist is she's probably in her like mid 20s and we got off on a long conversation about botox this time. And I and I think I'm going to try it. <laughs> Has anyone out there tried it? Yes, uh, for okay, sure. So people my have tried it. Really good friend that I met in college, she who used to live here and then she moved away right when I moved here, of course. And she worked for a plastic surgeon. Uh-huh. So, of course, she would get free Botox. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I think she misses it. <laughs> I mean, it, it made her forehead smooth. Yeah, I don't... It's it's not about wrinkles for me. So, oh. I didn't... I, I listened to another podcast recently about Botox. And it was a... It was a Botox person what do you call them specialist esthetician I don't know what's yeah. the title esthetician esthetician or I yeah. mean I guess the plastic surgeon could do it yeah well she wasn't a surgeon or anything but 
it was all about Botox and and like busting the myths about Botox and stuff. So she was saying how because it's been, it's bugged me for a long time that like my left eye droops more than my right eye. <laughs> I've never noticed. Well, it does. It's like it's like it's as if my left eyebrow is collapsing in on my left eye like this. See, oh, I've never noticed. <laughs> so they're uneven. And she was saying that sad. Botox can make that like make your make your like eyes and eyebrows look even. Oh, so I didn't know that. Yeah, it helps with like facial symmetry. <laughs> Oh, so that's why you're going to get it done? Not for wrinkles? Yeah, I don't really have wrinkles. I was uh, thinking I can't see any wrinkles, but no, if you think you have wrinkles. I don't really have wrinkles. Although, like, they all say Botox is preventative, which, okay, that's probably true. It also sounds like a great selling point. <laughs> like, do it in your 20s because it's preventative. I would just stay away from fillers. No, I don't want any fillers. I No. I don't. Fillers make people look way different, like too different. I know, I know. I'm just curious. I'm curious more than anything. And, you know, I've been out of the IVF game for a while, but I miss the needles, so. (laughs) You're going to get some lip injections while you're there? Yeah, just all the injections, please. I miss it. I'm a glutton. Maybe some microblading? I want to try that, too. There's a lot of things I want to try. <laughs> I, I don't think I would try microblading just in case the style changes. <laughs> well, is it totally permanent? Mm, they say it's, it's not, permanent. but yeah, I don't know. What if your know. skin really likes the pigment, mm. keeps it in there? Well, and our skin like ours, probably because we're super white. Yeah, it would definitely would last keep. a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would never leave my face and it would probably turn blue or something. <laughs> I've seen people have issues after microblading. Yeah. With color. Mm, and like that's not good. How it like if you have dry skin, how it like fades. it might work. No, it might work really well for you if you have dry skin. I don't have dry skin. Oh, I thought you did. No. <laughs> nope. Well, then never mind. Then never mind. <laughs> Guys, if you've done Botox or fillers or microblading, I want you to go in our Facebook group and comment on the post that we that drops when we release this episode. I yeah, love I when know you guys about it. follow up the conversation in the Facebook group. I think it's great. That's where that's where everyone gives us our corrections when they, you know, when we say something wrong or you give us an, an opposing opinion, which we also encourage or you talk about, you know, you I mean, give we a- might talk about you on the podcast if you give us an opposing opinion or <laughs> tell but, us that we're saying something we're not. But <laughs> well, there's that. And then there's an opposing opinion. Those are two very different things. True. Yeah. But yeah, uh, join our closed Facebook groups to do that. So there, one's the Infertile Mafia, the other one's Infertile Mafia Bosses and Babies, where people are talking about IVF pregnancies and babies and stuff like that. Again, follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Always feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget about the giveaway, guys. And remember, in order to do that, rating and review on Apple Podcast or in iTunes or tag a friend on our Instagram post um, like a like a friend that you think you know like could use some support or might enjoy the podcast tag one of those yeah. friends and of course and yeah subscribe to the podcast to hear oh more talk about eggs and balls and stuff it's <laughs> like am I supposed to say that <laughs> yeah yeah, and I in tried our to next lob episode, you a softball. Thank you. I was kind of looking at you, but I wasn't at the same time. It was like, do I go? Should I? What? Was it like? Oh, she paused. Should uh, I say something? Uh, and as always, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.